born to die He might give eternal life That I might live Then rose again Welcome to Yankee Arnold Ministries. Dr. Arnold will be with you in just a moment, but first, we want you to know how much we appreciate your prayers and financial support. You may help this radio ministry by donating online at yankeearnold.com or by mail at Yankee Arnold Ministries, 7028 West Waters Avenue, Suite 316, Tampa, Florida, 33634. Again, that's 7028 West Waters Avenue, Suite 316, Tampa, Florida, 33634. Feel free to send Dr. Arnold your questions or comments to yankee at yankeearnold.com, and he will respond as quickly as possible. Now, here is Dr. Arnold with today's message. For Jesus saved my soul that night. Look at the next statement. And uh, Psalms 46.10 says, Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the heathen. I will be exalted in the earth. That first phrase, be still and know that I am God. Get to a place where you can stop everything and just think about what God wants you to do. Now, I can do it in my office. I can do it when I'm driving my car. When I first started, I had to always, I'm sitting there in class, teachers teaching, and they'll say something that was so good, and there I go. <laughs> And I might miss the next 10, 15 minutes or whatever he's saying because I'm thinking about what he's saying. And sometimes he'll say one thing and then he'll go into something else and he'll laugh and I'm crying. I'm crying because I'm thinking about something and it's uh, cutting like a knife sometimes. And God will do that to you. Look at the next statement. Letter B, we need to have time alone with God. God desires to teach you personally. And so not everybody is learning the same lesson at the same time. God may teach Betty Dowdy something this week, and he might teach, you know, Carolyn here something totally different. But the next week, she's going to have to learn what you learned, and you're going to have to learn what she learned. But what's going to help you is you can tell her what you learned, and you can tell her what you learned. Because, see, a lot of you have the same problems. They don't have them at the same time. And so God allows a person to go through a lot of experiences, and God teaches you something so that you can teach somebody else. And that makes you more valuable. Look at the next statement. You need to have an input in order to have an output. Remember, unless your intake is greater than your outflow, then your outflow will be your downfall. That works true with money, too. Unless your income is greater than your outgo, then your outgo is going to be your downfall. Now, you didn't get that? No, I need to repeat that. All right, look at the next page. Top of the page, devotions help to develop the mind of Christ in you. Because the Bible says... In the book of Philippians, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ. In other words, the way Christ thinks, the way God thinks. If the Bible is the word of God, when you study the Bible, you're studying the mind of God. And so if you'll think the way God wants you to think, you can do what God wants you to do. So the key is you got to change the way you think. That's why I want kids to go to Bible college so they can learn how to Think the way God wants them to think. And most kids today, they're never going to learn the Bible. They're never going to go to Bible college. And they'll never learn how to think the way God wants them to think in this world. 
And they're going to go to this school, that school, and all of it. And they learn all these things about how to make money, how to be successful. But they'll never learn how to live. They'll never learn how to make a living. There's a lot of difference in making a living and making money and learning how to live the way God wants you to. So, the next statement there. Meditation is one of the keys, not only to understand God, but to serve Him. Now, I want you to underline these few words. There's four words here I want you to underline. In Philippians 3.10, that I may know, underline the word know, that I may know Him. Number two, the word power. The word know, the word power of His resurrection. And the next word is fellowship. And the next word is conformable. So, You want to conform your life to the way God wants you to conform your life. You want to conform to the way he is. You want to be like God. Now, it's not good for you to want to be just like somebody else you know, because people are going to fail you. And you may put them up on a little pedestal, but they're going to fall. They're not always going to meet your expectation. They're going to let you down. They discourage you, disappoint you. God doesn't change. God will not fail you. And so in order to conform, you have to have fellowship with him. And the fellowship comes because he has the power to change your life. And that's because you know him. So you have to study the word of God in order for it to affect your life. Look at the next statement. It greatly helps in your, and you ought to underline this word, sensitivity. There's some people, see, are very sensitive to the Lord. As they read the Word of God, God doesn't have to beat them over the head with a two before. They're very sensitive. God said it, that settles it. No argument here. And they quickly obey whatever the Word of God tells them to do. There's other people, they can read it a thousand times, and I'm not gone. I will not. I will not. I remember that one time, a long time ago, I saw this Gilligan Island. I never watch it, but I could see the commercials on it. But one time he's on there and says, you can't make me, you can't make me, you can't make me. And then he's doing it. And I think it's the way it is sometimes with people. You can't make me, you can't make me, you can't make me. And after God whooped him, pretty good. Whatever you say, Lord, whatever you say. And so look at this word. There's a few things to underline in also this uh, verse. The last part of that line, sensitivity as to what sin is and to flee from it. Being sensitive is learning what sin is and to quickly flee from it. It will help you. Because if you want to live a holy life, remember this whole thing about having devotion is a quiet time between you and God. Nobody can do this for you. And after you got certain things, you don't have to have it as, as strict. Because you know what the word of God says, you go ahead and you just live it. Look at the next statement. Psalms 119 verse 9. Now this really helped me whenever I was in Shreveport, Louisiana. And these are some verses that I read in the 119 Psalm verses 9, 10. And he makes this statement here. 9, 10, 11. Wherewithal shall a young man cleanse his way by taking heed thereto according to thy word. Notice that little line. I want you to underline a young man. When do you think God expects a person to cleanse his way? When he's old. When he's right next to croaking. You know. When he's getting ready to check out of here. While he's young. 
You want kids to learn the Word of God while they're young. That's why we're taking it. We spend so much money getting kids to go to camp, trying to raise scholarship money, paying for a bus to take these kids so we can do it in safety, and all the things that are going for a whole week, just because we want to put some Bible into their brain. And you've got to get them away from the things of the world. Look at the next statement. While we have taking heed, a young man, in order to cleanse his way, has to Take heed the warnings that God has in his word. Look at verse 10. With my whole heart have I sought thee. Now get this. Let me not wonder. Let me not wonder. What is the finishing out that verse? Let me not wonder from thy commandments. In other words, that's another phrase for the word of God. So God expects us to know it because it's to hold us on course so that we don't drift. Have you ever heard of a verse that says, all we like sheep have gone astray? Except once you trust Christ as Savior, you'll never go astray again. No, you still go astray. So you've got to have something that's going to hold you. Knowing the truth, the Word of God, and knowing the consequences if you disobey the Word of God can be a great restrainer upon your life because nobody can make you live godly. Nobody can make you want to serve God. That's got to be something on the inside of you. Well, these are some things to help you in your walk with the Lord. Look at the next verse. Thy word have I hid in mine heart, and you ought to underline this part there in your notes here, that I might not sin against thee. Because, well, everybody sins. Yes, everybody sins. But it means we're not sinless, but we should, as we mature in the Lord, sin less. You understand what I'm saying? We're not sinless. But we should sin less. Because as you grow in the Lord and mature in the Lord, the less you can do and should do against God. All right, look at the next statement. It will help develop you into a more skilled craftsman and soul winner. This is 2 Timothy chapter 2 and verse 15. We, this is one of the verses college kids have to memorize. Study. And who likes to study? <laughs> study to show off. No, to show thyself. Look how bright I am. Look how much. The Bible says in Corinthians in chapter 8 that knowledge puffeth up. Knowledge puffs up. Do you know who I am? Do you know what I know? I'm so intelligent. I am so smart. You want to touch me? That's P-R-I-D-E. What's the middle letter in the word pride? Ah, you got it. There's your problem, too. But now look what it says here. It says in 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 15, Study to show thyself approved unto God. In other words, a person who knows what God's word says, and you've been tried and tested and approved for service by God. You see, God's going to vet you. You ever heard they want to get people in the office and they have to be vetted and sometimes they'll have a committee that's in the Senate or in the House, and they got to scrutinize and see whether or not, is this person qualified? And they try to dig up anything in their past to try to throw at them and ruin them if they can. Especially if you're of the party that's uh, against the other person because of that party, and they're a party of the first party or the second part. Now, a workman that needeth not to be what? In other words, you should not be ashamed. 
that you're not qualified to do the will of God. So if you can't do what God wants you to do, then what should you do? Prepare. Prepare that you can. And that's why he's saying all these things. Now, the next statement, God's word can, and you ought to underline these words, provide you an answer. Studying the Bible provides you an answer. An answer to what? Well, the verse, 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 15, look what he says. But sanctify the Lord God in your hearts and be ready always or every once in a while. Always to give an excuse of why you cannot. I misread it again, didn't I? Always to give an answer to most of the people that ask you a reason. See, isn't it every word important in the Bible? Because it can change the whole meaning. Every man that gets it asketh you a reason of the hope that is in you with meekness and fear. In other words, why do you believe what you believe? Do you believe the Bible? Yes, I do. How do you know it's true? Is there a God? Yes, there is. How do you know? Can you give them the teleological argument, the cosmological argument? They say, well, well, what? And, and some of these arguments can make the difference whether a person be- will believe the truth or not. Because they're taught all kinds of things in schools and stuff. And you want to be able to give an answer. Look at the next statement. It is the will of God that you know the word of God that you may do the will of God. Isn't that simple? That was a statement that I tried to figure out in my mind for so long. Lord, what do you want me to do? I'm waiting. And I didn't know if he was going to send me a letter in the mail or, you know, call me on the phone. You know, back in those days, they had Telstar, you know, telephone, telewoman. No. Look at the next statement. That you may know the, see, you've got to, the will of God is for you to know the word of God so you can know the will of God. And James chapter 1 verse 22 says, But be ye doers of the word, not hearers only, deceiving your own self. Just because you know the Bible. I've had people say, well, I know the Bible. I've been to the Bible a hundred times. I know the Bible. I can quote the Bible too. You don't get rewards for knowing the Bible. You get rewards for doing the Bible. Living the Bible. And you don't know the Bible until the Bible controls your life. Let me repeat that. You don't know the Bible until the Bible controls your life. Because there's things that God has promised to those that walk in truth. Like John makes the statement in the book of 2 John. I have no greater joy, 3 John, no greater joy than that my children walk in truth. So if you don't have any children because you've never led anybody to the Lord, then there's a joy that you cannot have because there's fruit that you do not have. So you're not going to have the peace of God that you ought to have. And if you don't learn to think the way God wants you to think, you're not going to have love and joy and peace and long suffering, all the things in your life that you want, because that's the result of obeying what the word of God says. Are you following me? You're not going to sleep on me. You're all awake. That's good. All right. Look at number three. Bible study is God's method of communicating to you. For a new believer, I always recommend the gospel of John. Now, I told some people that just recently. 
I led a guy to the Lord today, and he happened to have a little New Testament on him. That guy I was telling you about, Dave McDonald's, he had a little New Testament on him. Somewhere, somebody had given me one when I was about, I guess, maybe six years old, because it was in Lexington, Georgia. In school, whether first grade or second grade, I don't remember. And some lady came to the school, and they were giving out these little New Testaments. And somebody gave me one. And somebody showed me a verse that said verily, verily on it. And I've never seen it again till I was 18 years old. And oftentimes I would see a Bible and I would get it and I would thumb to it and I was trying to find those two words, verily, verily. You know, it's not in a lot of places, but it is in the book of John. So somebody had shown me that verse and Believe it or not, in John six forty seven, verily, verily, I say unto you, he that believeth on me hath everlasting life. If I could have found that verse. That's what I wind up understanding when I trusted Christ as my Savior. So some lady who came to that school gave out those, and that's exactly what he had. But when I opened it up, all the pages was nice and clean and pretty. He says, I got it, but I don't, I don't really read it. I says, I can tell that. And I says, the Gospel of John. I want you to take the Gospel of John and you read the Gospel of John over and over and over again. Well, when you finish it, go back and read it again. Forget all the other books in the Bible right now. All you do is just read the Gospel of John. Because that is like, that's that's milk for the baby. It's the easiest book to understand. And in that book, 98 times, it'll say that you're saved by faith alone, just by believing and I says, this is the book you need to read. He said he would. But anyway, look at the next statement I have here. When you have finished the last chapter, I suggest reading the Gospel of John three to five times before adventuring into any other books. You may choose to read and study the Bible by a specific chapter, a topic, a character, a passage, a book. But whatever, you're going to find out that to start off with, get one that's easy to read. That's the Gospel of John. Don't worry about going back there to the book of Exodus and the book of Numbers and Deuteronomy and -and so-and-so begot so-and-so and and -and so-and-so forgot so-and-so and and everybody forgot everybody. And you're not going to remember and you can't pronounce all the names. That's not going to help you grow right now spiritually. Later on when you know the Hebrew and the Greek and you want to go back there and bust apart all those little kernels of truth, go ahead and have fun. But when you're starting off, study the Gospel of John. Look at letter B. Remain flexible as your desires will begin to fluctuate as you meet your spiritual needs. Hebrews 4 and verse 12. Now, whatever the Word of God is, that's what it can do for you. Because the Word of God is alive. It's just alive. It's a book that gives life. No other book like this book. This is not like sitting down and reading a history book or geography book or some mad comic magazine or McDonald's, <laughs> a Bugs Bunny or... For the word of God is quick. That means it's alive, powerful, sharper. So that means it can make you alive. It can make you sharp. It can make you powerful. There is no more powerful of a man than a man who can affect a person's destination. Now, let's just use a simple illustration. Now, I don't know if he's definitely trusted Christ as Savior or not. I don't know. But let's take Donald Trump. Right now, in his position, he's the most powerful man in the world. But he cannot, if he doesn't know the gospel, he cannot change one person's destination. He doesn't have the knowledge of what that person needs 
to really change his destination. I do. I've got more power than the President of the United States. I can make a greater difference because if we make America great again, America is going to go bad again. Because America will not stay strong again unless there is a spiritual revival that caused America to begin at all. This was founded as a Christian country upon Christian principles coming out of the Word of God. And that we have changed it for materialism, for money. So we know we're doing good if the economy's good. The economy means people are working and making money. That's not how you determine the wealth of a country, but the spiritual wealth of the country. Anyway, that was my politics for today. Go down to the bottom of the page. Look at the next verse. But I want you to see the last part of this verse, uh, uh, 12. Sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to dividing asunder of soul and spirit. That's the man's soul and man's spirit. And of the joints and the marrow, that's the man's body. So the Word of God can help you to split things because of some to the soul, some to the spirit, and some to the, the body. And then it goes even further, and it says, and is a discerner of the thoughts and the intents of the heart. In other words, the heart of man, he is deceitful. It's wicked, Jeremiah. But notice what he says, when you study the Bible, it helps you to discern your thoughts your motives. You know, those are important parts of your life. And you need to know the Bible. Now, those who come to church and study all the time and learn are going to grow more and learn more and they're going to have better discernment in the things of God. Now, look there at the last thing we all look at. Down at the bottom, being born again, not of corruptible seed, but of incorruptible by the what? Word of God. You were born into God's family by a new birth. See, the Word of God is considered seeds. A man and a woman get married. He plants the seed in the woman, and she has a child. That's the fruit of the womb. You want to raise corn, you go out there and you take seeds and you plant seeds. And whatever you plant is what's going to come up. Now, the Word of God is alive and powerful, and it can give a person who believes it a new birth. You're born into God's family. You become a child of God. And so he says here in verse 24, All flesh is as grass, all the glory of man as the flower of grass. The grass withereth, and the flower thereof falleth away. In other words, all flesh, which is everybody's born in this world with a flesh body. All right, we flourish, and we look good for a while, and then we get old. And there's one thing that everybody fights, and that's growing old. We don't mind it if we can keep a certain semblance of, you know, where I can still get around and take care of myself. But we know eventually we're going to die, and it's not because we're going to be healthy. You've got to get sick enough to die. And that day will come. But now, verse 25, But the word of the Lord endureth for how long? 
So when you trust Christ as your Savior, your new birth will exist for how long? Forever. The flesh birth is going to die. The flower that withers. And in the last part of that, it says, and this is the word which by the gospel is preached unto you. So when we preach the gospel, we're planting seeds in people's mind that if they'll believe it, they can have eternal life. So whosoever believeth on him hath everlasting life. And then down there at the last verse, as newborn babes desire the sincere milk of the word that you may grow thereby. So without the word of God, you cannot grow. You can be saved, have eternal life. You'll go to heaven when you die, but you're not going to grow. So why does the preacher want people to go to church? So that he can count the number and look good. I'm not going to be any stronger if we were packed out tonight. I'm not going to be any more holier, more godlier, or anything else. But what I teach, couldn't it affect more people if we were packed out? To their advantage. Because anytime you miss hearing the word of God, there's something that's going to cost you down the road because you're going to make decisions and you'll lack the discernment. You won't make the best decision. You ever heard that statement, you know, good, better, best, never let it rest till your good is better than your better, best? Carolyn, you never heard that before. You just heard it. Now you've heard it. Anyway, that's your lesson for Wednesday night. Now look up here. I'll show you something you've never seen before. I showed that kid that today. And um, I think it's important. I said, how old are you? I thought he was young. 56 years old. 56 years old. And I couldn't believe he was that old. But living on the streets, I guess, uh, you kind of get weather beaten a little bit. This hand represents... You and me. The wallet represents sin. We all have sin on us. Now, you that are watching by internet, follow this and understand. God loves you, hates your sin. But to pay for sin, and we're all guilty, is eternal separation from God in hell. But God loves us and wants us to go to heaven. And to go to heaven, we have to be perfect, as righteous as God, and none of us are perfect. And God says, you cannot save yourself. This hand represents Jesus Christ. He's the Lord God in the flesh. Came into the world because he loves us. Hates our sin because it separates us from him. So Jesus Christ did for us what we needed somebody to do. And that's to pay for our sins. Because if we pay for it, we'll go to hell. So he took our sins. He paid for our sins on the cross. Came back from the dead and said the only thing he wanted you and I to do. Is believe he did that for us. So when we believe it, he gives us eternal life and we get to go to heaven. You know what I've had some people say? That's all Yankee teaches is that wallet illustration. Now think about this. I just spoke for about 45 minutes. And I've put about three minutes on this. And this is the only thing that some people will see. They'll miss out on all the other 45 minutes that I spoke. And this is the last thing I ended up with. So that must be, that's all he knows. I thought, mm, not really. Well, almost really. But I'm glad y'all aren't like that. Let's pray, shall we? Heads bowed and eyes closed. If you're watching by internet, I pray that if you have never trusted Christ as your Savior, I want you to do so. God loves you and God wants you to trust His Son, Jesus Christ. Jesus died for you because He loved you. And He paid for your sins because He didn't want you to do it. 
and he wants to give you everlasting life. And all he wants you to do is believe that he did this for you. And if you'll believe it, you won't have any sins to pay for. See, because Christ paid for your sins. You're accepting him as your payment. And when you trust him as your savior, he gives you as a free gift everlasting life. If you've never done so, do it right now. Not on the screen. You can say, yes, I trust Christ as my savior. Father, thank you again for your blessing for this time together. Bless each one for being here. And we pray again for those that will be at camp. For all the speakers and the counselors, everyone that works and labors so hard. Just bless them. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Dr. Arnold has many items to help you in your walk with the Lord, including videos, books, tracks, outlines to hundreds of sermons, over 4,000 radio messages, and preaching schedule. Once again, feel free to send Dr. Arnold your questions or comments to yankee at yankeearnold.com, and he will respond as quickly as possible. That's yankee at yankeearnold.com. You may help support this radio ministry by donating online at yankeearnold.com or by mail at Yankee Arnold Ministries, 7028 West Waters Avenue, Suite 316, Tampa, Florida, 33634. That's 7028 West Waters Avenue, Suite 316, Tampa, Florida, 33634. Thanks for listening to today's broadcast. We pray that today's message was a blessing to you and your family. Friend, one day it will happen. The trumpet will sound, and we will be changed, caught up to meet the Lord in the air. So live today and every day, believing that the Lord is coming soon, and just keep looking up. Amazing grace amazes me.